Well, hello, folks. We got a meeting right now. It's at the top of the hour. It's going to be on Crowdcast. Through of the Crowdcast platform and how it works. Um, so you can prepare to host some really amazing events here at Crowdcast. So uh, my name is Melissa. Today I am tuning in from Savannah, Georgia. I would love to know where everyone else is tuning in from. So please do feel free to drop a note about that in the chat. Let me know what kind of events you're hosting. I see we have Tara, who's hosting a multi-day webinar. Hey, Jack, great to see you. Um, hey, Stephen, Louise, wonderful to see you all. Slow Threads is planning on hosting same-day sessions, um, many happening one after the other. We can certainly discuss that. Great to see you. So, um, yeah, let's go ahead and get started. And throughout the demonstration, if you find that you have other questions that pop up, some of you have already found the Ask a Question section uh, just below me here. But please do go ahead and drop any questions that you have there. Um, and keep interacting in the chat. I'd love to know more about what you're planning to do here at Podcast. So let's go ahead and get started. All right, so today we are gonna chat about how to host successful online events and conferences at Crowdcast. Um, again, my name is Melissa. I'm on the customer success team here at Crowdcast. I, uh, I chat with you in the inboxes if you send us messages about your events. I host these sessions and then I also um, host or co-host our weekly Q&A sessions as well, where you can just ask me questions uh, that come up. So uh, that's what I do here. And just so you know, this session today is being recorded. So if you do have anyone on your team that would really uh, uh, benefit from this information that we're providing to you today, please know that it's really easy to share the replay of this session with them. All you have to do is uh, share the same URL that you're attending the live event now with them and they will be able to catch the replay. Everything at Crowdcast happens at one single URL. So here's what we're gonna to cover today. We're gonna to chat about online versus in-person events and a little bit about the pros and cons of each, why Crowdcast is a great choice for your virtual events, and then we're also gonna go through a full process walkthrough of setting up your event, marketing it, uh, making sure you do a dry run ahead of time, and then what it's like to actually go live and then continue that relationship with your audience even after the live event. So uh, I will end the session, of course, with a Q&A, as I mentioned at the top of this. I'll bring my colleague Louise up, and we're going to have a chat about, uh, we're going to answer any questions that you may have along the way. So let's start with online versus in-person events. So right now, we do live in a unique time where, uh, for the first time ever, you're really able to broadcast your ideas at a scale that's never been possible before. This has really become more th apparent than ever over the past couple of years, how valuable the virtual event space is for us. So uh, previously, you'd really have to connect asynchronously, but now, thanks to technology, we've been able to connect with one another synchronously across uh, the web. So yeah, it's a really um, amazing way that we've been able to bring thousands of yeah. people together in real time and connect with one another. Dr. LeVant. So let's chat about in-person versus online events. Um, so in-person events, of course, there's some drawbacks to them, like they can be very, very expensive. There's a lot of logistics at play for both the host and the attendee. Um, you have to manage how to get people there or they have to manage how to get there. Um, it can it can be a, a bit more logistically involved, of course. And then there's no recordings unless you're planning to uh, carve out a chunk of your budget for um, hiring a team that's going to ensure that every aspect of your live event is recorded. And that can be, of course, very expensive as well. Now with online events, um, there are some pros that negate these cons to the in-person events. Like, you don't have to worry about those travel logistics. There's no flights or hotels that you have to work out. 
Um, they're infinitely scalable, so you, there's not going to be a cap to the attendance that you're able to have at your virtual event. And then there are measurable metrics that you're uh, going to be able to gain more easily through a virtual event, some hard data points about your audience. So why Crowdcast? Because there are a lot of different options out there. You have your more traditional webinar platforms like Zoom, On24, GoToWebinar, and then you have these more um, social-based uh, platforms like Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. All of them are great for hosting virtual events, but what we've done is we've looked at all of these and we've taken what we think are the best elements of each, and um, we've co combined them here at Crowdcast. So here, um, when you host a Crowdcast event, you own the data that um, that comes from your audience. So there's no middleman like with some of the social um, platforms that is going to come between you gaining that direct uh, line to your audience. We also have high-level business integrations like you may have with a traditional webinar platform. Um, we've made sure that there aren't distractions here. You're not uh, your attendees and you aren't dealing with things like advertising um, happening off on the sidelines. We're browser-based, so um, as you see when you're attending this event, um, you come to this one URL within your browser. There's no software that needs to be downloaded in order to attend a Crowdcast event. We've made it as easy um, for you and for your audience as possible and, and fun as well to engage with one another. Um, and on that note, it's, it's an engaging platform with the features that we've provided. So there's lots of great ways for you to chat with your audience, um, encourage them to drop questions in, answer polls, and really get to know each other and feel like your audience is in the room with you, even though it's a virtual event. So we've, again, taken all of those elements that we thought were the best of what's out there and combined them to create what we call a Crowdcast. So here's a little bit about how it works here. Um, as I mentioned, so everything happens at one URL. Previously, before a platform like this was available, you would have to have a landing page tool available to you where you're going to collect registrations or charge ticket prices for your event. Um, so you would need your landing page software. And then on top of that, you would also need to have where a webinar platform where you're actually hosting a live event. And then if you wanted to make the replay available after the live event, you would need a separate video hosting platform like a Vimeo or YouTube where you can upload that replay for others who missed the live event to access. So this is a bit of a clunkier way of doing it. We've taken all three of these, um, the need for all three of these separate platforms, and we've combined them here to create one unified experience. So your attendees are going to register, attend the live event, and catch the replay and continue interacting all at the single URL. So um, let's go ahead and take a look at the full process walkthrough of hosting an event on Crowdcast from start to finish. So there are a lot of ways that you may consider architecting your event. Um, many questions that you'll need to ask yourself when you're planning on hosting a virtual event. So this is another great time to go ahead and let me know if you haven't already what kind of events you are planning on hosting at Crowdcast because we may be able to take a specific look at that. Um, so here are some of the things that you may consider before uh, or while you're planning your event. Is this going to be a public event uh, available to anyone across the web? Is this a private event where you only want um, certain people to be able to access it? Or are you um, wanting to limit this to your specific membership um, base? Like, are you a Patreon creator? We do have a direct integration with Patreon here. Um, will this be a paid or free event? Are you planning on charging ticket prices? If you are, you can do that directly through Crowdcast. We integrate with a payment system called Stripe, and that's what you can use um, right here on the platform to go ahead and charge ticket prices. 
are you um, collecting registrations or payment elsewhere? So we do have some hosts who prefer to uh, collect uh, ticket prices via another platform or through their own website. If you're planning on doing that, you can import your audience into your event here broadcast. So there's no double opt-in for your attendees. Are you planning to host uh, multiple sessions with your event? So will it be a single session event or a multi-session event? If you're planning on hosting a multi-session event, then you can actually do that still within the single URL um, that, you know, so everything can happen still in one URL. You can have various sessions within that singular event. And then are you planning on hosting any pre-recorded content? So do you have any pre-recorded video that you need to share? You can do, um, you can share pre-recorded content here alongside live content. Will there be parallel tracks? So do you have, need to host simultaneous sessions? Again, if you create a multi-session event, you can do that and schedule them to happen at the same time and have um, uh, parallel tracks or breakout rooms. What tools are you going to need to integrate with? Um, perhaps you have a favorite marketing platform or CRM system that you need Crowdcast to integrate with. If you use Stripe, uh, or excuse me, if you use Zapier, which we do have a deep integration with, you can actually connect over 3,000 apps to Crowdcast. And then, of course, how many people are you expecting? Because um, our pricing plans are based on the number of live attendees that you anticipate joining you, and then also the number of hours that you need to stream per month. So knowing how many people roughly will actually be attending the live event is important. So um, let's go ahead and, oops, sorry about that folks, give me one second. I apologize about that, that should already be signed in. Sorry, folks, give me one second. This is a great example, though, of what, uh, <laughs> how you might stay calm under pressure if you accidentally don't have something set up in time. Let's go ahead and fill that in. All right, so we are back in business. My apologies. Great. Okay, so we are going to go through a full process walkthrough of setting up an event. Yeah, Louise, that was definitely challenging. I had to, uh, it took me a second to remember that. Thank you everyone for being understanding about that. Um, so we're gonna take a look at what it's like to actually create event, an event here at Crowdcast. So um, let's go ahead and we had Float Threads having, um, hosting an event with same day sessions, one happening after the other. Um, so let's take a look at what a, a, a very simplified version of what that might look like. Um, so we're just gonna call this my amazing conference. And we're going to need to create a multi-session event. Um, so for this, we're, maybe we're going to have a opening session. Let's say it starts at 10 a.m. tomorrow. And multi-session event. Oops. All right. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Got it. Okay. So let's go ahead and call this uh, opening session. And then we're going to have some sessions that are happening one right after the other. So um, let's go ahead and schedule this uh, next session right at 11. So we're just going to call this session one happening at 11 a.m. Session two. And as you can see, it automatically defaults to an hour, but you can change that time, of course, and date if needed. And then let's go ahead and also schedule a closing session. 
So I have four separate sessions that I've just created, 10, 11, noon, and 1 p.m., um, all back-to-back. -back. So that is how easy it is to set up a multi-session event. From there, I can come into this description area here, and I can go ahead and include some information about what to expect during the event. Maybe I want to drop in the agenda. Um, maybe I want to include some speaker bios in there. This is going to be your registration page. So what, whatever you put in here is what your audience is going to see when they're registering for your event. You can add images, video, um, you can hyperlink, um, whatever text you need. So you can definitely customize this to fit your needs. Um, here you can enable a short description for SEO purposes. And then do you want this to be a public event, um, uh, discoverable via SEO? Or do you want to keep it unlisted so that only those who have the URL are able to find it? Do you, uh, for this purpose, we'll also keep it unlisted. Um, and then for access, do you want to, um, once they get to the URL for your event, do you want them to have to pay ticket price to enter? Um, do you want to perhaps set up an additional security measure of a password to really restrict who's able to get into your event? And then if you were a Patreon creator, you can go ahead and set that up right here as well. So I'm just going to leave this anyone. And then let's go ahead and take a look at the next section. So this would be where you could upload a cover photo for your event, um, as well as a video trailer. If you are able to upload both, we certainly recommend that. It's a great way to um, drum up some excitement for your event and give people an idea of what to expect. The registration section is where you can add custom registration fields. So our pro and business plans allow for you to collect additional data points via custom registration fields. You can go ahead and set that up here. Um, well, a great example is maybe you want to gain your attendees' consent to um, send them additional emails after the live event. So you may say, I agree to receive emails and make this a required field, and that would be the checkbox field. Um, and then do you want to multi-stream your event out to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube? You can set up multi-sessions uh, or, excuse me, multi-streams for each session right here within the multi-streams section. How is that for a tongue twister? And then in the advanced section here, we can um, put in a custom URL code here so that um, the very end of the URL would, would be whatever you want it to be. So we'll just say my amazing conference, a very long URL. And do you want to limit the number of seats? Um, so how many limit the number of uh, people who are able to register, cap registrations at a certain number? Um, would you like to accept donations during your event? You can set that up here as well. Do you want to customize the registration button? So it currently defaults to say save my spot, but you could change that to anything you want, like let me in. Do you want our, um, your attendees to receive an automatic registration confirmation? So yeah. um, we do automatically send um, yeah. everyone to has to see event, a registration We're going on Monday the 24th, 10, 15 in the morning. They okay, have a real share. You want to do that for your own. Okay. They're going to come out to the methods. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then do you also want to... Um, the Good reminder news. email on so we send your audience a reminder 10 minutes before you go live if you want to leave that on um, you can hey, Mom. Hey, Mom. Underneath your event title, you have your various sessions. We can go into this a bit further in a, in a bit. 
um, but you and your audience would be able to navigate between the different sessions here. Um, it's easy to go live with a click of a button. Um, you can set up a call to action button. So perhaps you want to um, drop in a link to your website and drive more traffic to your website. You can set that up here. Um, do you, your audience is going to see the ask a question section like you are now, and you're going to manage it from the same location. You can set up polls, and then you can also view analytics here. This is something that your attendees would not see. This is only visible to the host. And then there's the people section where you can see who's registered for your event and who's currently active and live in the session. Um, so that's just the basics of setting up an event and navigating each area of it. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about marketing and promoting that event once you've created it. So you do want to make sure that you share your event on social channels, of course. Remember that there is only one URL to share. So even after your event is over, if you've posted that on LinkedIn or on Facebook, wherever, wherever you choose to share it, you're, you're going to be able to still continue to collect registrations even after the event is over um, because that link will remain live on your channel. Uh, you do want to create a landing page, whether you do it through us or through your own methods. Um, so you, you want to have a registration page set up where you can um, not only collect your registrations or charge a ticket price, but generate a lot of excitement for your event, um, make it engaging, make it fun, let people know what to expect so that people are really excited to come back and um, visit your event again. And then uh, if you have the means to do so, go ahead and embed a video on your landing page. Um, we've seen that adding a video does help increase your registration rate. Um, if you have, if you would like to set up UTM links, you can do that here as well. So that would be a custom URL that you can share with uh, certain partners or affiliates, and you'll be able to track um, which partners or affiliates are, are most successful at driving traffic to your event. Um, you can also set up UTM links to determine which social channels are um, bringing the most traffic to your event. So we can chat about that a bit more. If anyone has questions, drop it in the Ask a Question section. And then um, if you give your attendees at least two weeks to plan to attend your event, um, they need time to clear their schedules and make sure they don't have anything else going on. And then if you have the bandwidth to do it, post some mini pre-events. So a great way to um, generate excitement again for your event is to maybe have a little um, Q&A session with one of your um, guest speakers ahead of the actual main event. And that way, not only will people get really excited about what's to come during the main event, but they will already have visited your event's URL, so it'll be easy for them to come back again. Once you've marketed your event, or um, alongside marketing your event, you're going to want to make sure you do a dry run and really test the flow with your team. So um, some folks do do this by themselves, but it's also really easy, especially if you're hosting a virtual conference, to have a team, um, even if it's just one other person, available to help you with all the logistics of making the event happen on, on the actual day of the main event. So go ahead and practice what that flow looks like with your team or practice it on your own. Make sure you're really comfortable with all the Crowdcast features and, uh, and the various controls that are available to you. Share the setup page with your speakers. So we do provide you with a um, setup link that we will share in the chat later. But um, what that is, is it allows you, to, uh, you're, you're going to send it out to all of your guest speakers and they are going to use that to check all their um, tech setup and their equipment, make sure everything's supported, make sure they have great internet speed. And that's going to ensure that there aren't any hiccups with your guest speakers on the day of the live event. Go ahead and also run through um, each speaker's talk with them. So make sure that they 
not only know um, are, are comfortable with what they're presenting that day, but they know things like how long they have to actually um, speak so they don't run into the next session. It's very important to make sure that everyone is on the same page with that. And then if you're planning on sharing pre-recorded content, you do want to test that method or um, test your preferred method out as well. We do have a few different ways that you can share pre-recorded content. So it's important to get comfortable with that if that's a big part of your event. All right, so now you've um, done your marketing, you've set up your event, um, you've tested everything out, it's time to go live. So let's go ahead and just chat a little bit about what that flow might look like. Um, so again, uh, Slow Threads, I would love to know your real name, by the way, if you wanna drop that in the chat, but you're planning on hosting a multi-session event. So this is kind of a visual of what that might look like. You have your keynote or your opening session, um, let's say it's happening at 9 a.m. So maybe 20 minutes before uh, that session is due to go live, I'm gonna hop into the green room with my keynote speaker. Anand, great, thank you so much. Um, great to have you here. So Anand is gonna hop into the green room um, with their keynote speaker roughly 20 minutes before the session is due to go live, do a final check of everyone's tech setup, make sure everything looks good. Um, if they're sharing any slides, they can go ahead and um, make sure they're comfortable doing that in the green room and have that pulled up. And then um, at nine o'clock, they're going to go ahead and go live. But Anand has somebody um, who's also planning on going live immediately after at 10 a.m. So another speaker is going to be um, presenting at that time. So Anand is still in uh, the keynote session with their uh, keynote speaker and isn't able to hop over to. I got you. So what they're going to do is have somebody from their team hop into the green room within that second session, roughly 20 minutes before it's due to go live. And that person is going to make sure that speaker number two is good to go with their setup, feeling good, ready to go live. Um, so that's something that can happen is that your team can actually be in other sessions while you're managing one. Um, they can be in others, making sure everything is set up and good to go. And then, um, of course, once the keynote session ends, Anand can hop over to session two and, and join in on that one. So um, let's see, what is speaker number two? Uh, what if speaker number two is the same as speaker number one? So we can chat a little bit about that, but in that case, I would recommend maybe giving yourself a little bit of cushion time in between sessions, especially because your keynote speaker was just speaking for an hour. They may need a minute to get a sip of water, run to the restroom. Um, so if you're doing it um, yourself solo or if you're having someone who is the same speaker back to back, then it is good to give yourself like a five minute break in between. And we can chat about some best practices with that as well. So there are, um, there, we've talked a lot about one method of going live, which is the in-browser method. So um, everything that I've shown you so far, and earlier when I set up an event, I was preparing to go live via the in-browser method. And this event right, that you're in right now is an in-browser um, event. But we do have another way that you're able to go live on Crowdcast, and that is via our RTMP studio. So. RTMP Studio is something that um, you may use if you're planning to host a uh, concert or maybe you have a film premiere, um, something that needs really, really high quality audio and video, or if you need to connect multiple cameras, multiple mics to Crowdcast, um, basically the higher level production your event, um, the more likely you're gonna need to use RTMP Studio. So um, RTMP Studio is a method of going live that allows you to connect third-party tools to Crowdcast. So what you're seeing here on the left is Ecamm Live. Um, that top right corner is the logo for OBS. At the bottom left is Wirecast. And then at the bottom right, that is an image of a TriCaster 
Um, so all of these are software and tools that are um, able to allow you to basically host a TV level um, experience on Crowdcast. So you can use RTP Studio to connect any of those tools to Crowdcast. There are some pros and cons um, to using RTMP Studio. You're going to get that really, really high quality um, uh, audio and video, but there is a little bit more latency involved. Um, your attendees are actually going to see a stream that's about 20 seconds what, uh, behind what you're seeing when you're when uh, within your third-party tool of your choosing. So um, it's a little bit harder to manage the logistics of the event if you're using RTMP Studio, like the chat and the Q&A because there is that slight delay um, and it takes a little bit of the control away because you won't be able to easily manage all of those in um, browser features. So just something to keep in mind. It's really great to have somebody on your team available to help you if you're planning on using RTMP Studio. Um, or if you are planning to use RTMP Studio to share a film, for example, maybe you use that method to share the film, and then you have a second session where you go live via the in-browser method so you can have a chat with your audience afterward. So uh, don't take our word for it. We um, have some amazing creators here at Crowdcast that we um, are very fortunate that they shared some of their own uh, testimonials and feedback with us. So we have Casey, Wor Casey Worley here with Techstars. She has held over 600 events for founders, community leaders, and corporate innovation leaders on Crowdcast. Cameron Luna is a personal brand strategist who feels that Crowdcast is the best that she's used so far for thousands of webinars. Um, we have Dan Reeser with Web3. They've hosted almost 40 events on Crowdcast so far and felt that they were able to really navigate um, keeping in touch with their audience through COVID because of it. And then Max Katz with IBM. Um, they use Crowdcast to host developer education events and online meetups, and they love that Crowdcast really helps foster a notion of community. So, um, Again, uh, please don't take our word for it. Go ahead and try start your free trial. I'm going to show at the bottom of the screen here um, the, the call to action button to, that will take you directly to where you need to go to start your free trial. You get two weeks um, to play with all of the available features at Crowdcast and host events with um, up to 10 live attendees for 30-minute sessions. So it's time to dive into the q and I'm going to bring up my colleague Louise, who I mentioned earlier. We are going to go ahead and get all of your questions answered. All right, I've just invited Louisa, so we will bring her up in just a moment. All right, there she is. Hi, Louise. Hello. Thanks for joining me. A little bit of an echo here because I had two tabs open. I, you know what? We're showing all the problems that you can have with your head. Um, yeah, thanks for inviting me on. My name is Louise. I work with the customer success team in the UK, which is why I'm wearing 50 million layers. <laughs> Actually, it's really cold here at the moment. Um, thanks for doing that, Deb. Oh, it's fab. Um, so we're going to dive into the questions, are we? Sure, let's get into them. All right. Um, do you want to take the first one, Louise? Cool. Yeah, so what I would say is that anybody who looks at the questions, upvote the ones that you want um, us to answer first. Um, all the questions in here are legitimate ones that customers have answered. It's just only some of them are you who are watching us live today. Um, so I will I will start right at the top, but I can see that we've got questions from Anand um, and Jack, um, and I'll make sure we get to those two. Um, but this first one is really commonly asked, and it is, what if I don't want anyone to watch the replay? 
Now, one of the really cool features of Chromecast is you don't have yep. to remember okay, to press the record. You don't have to yeah. send someone a different link after the event than where they joined you live. But you don't always want people to watch your replay. Um, there's something which can kind of get more engagement and get more people to turn up if they can only watch an event live. So um, you can absolutely make that replay not available. And there's a couple of ways to do that. So the first thing you could do is as soon as the event is over, you could archive it. It won't show on your channel page and anybody who has the link won't be able to access it. It's the first thing you can do. Second thing you can do is you can download the recording and you could replace it with something else. And this is what I would do. So what I would do is I would have a recording already made which says, I'm sorry you missed our live show. Don't forget the best way to get our content is to join us live. We'll be back next Friday or two weeks time. And the reason I would do that is that it's not confusing for those attendees who did miss your content um, and you're giving them a way to see future content. So that's what I would do if I didn't want the replay to be available. And it's five minutes down at the old one, put something in your place. Awesome, that's a great tip. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and take this next one that's because it's been uploaded. Um, and again, we do have some from our team that we've dropped right in there. Um, so I will go ahead and start answering. What happens if something goes wrong during my live event? Is there a link to a doc that helps her feel more prepared? Um, we have more than one link. We have many um, amazing support docs that we have written for you. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and drop a link to those in there, um, right as a comment within that question. But if you um, specifically go in there and you start searching for troubleshooting docs, we definitely have um, anything, pretty much anything that you are, if you're experiencing an echo, um, if you're having a blurry screen share, um, we have many, many resources available no matter what the problem is. And if you can't find what you're looking for, reach out to us at support at crowdcast.io we'll help you fix it. And one of the best things to do is to do rehearsals. So read the docs and then do practices. Because there's so two things went wrong on this show. One was I had an echo. And because I knew that noise, I knew I had another tab open. So I could immediately action that. And then when Melissa had trouble logging in to um, the Crowdcast, Melissa knew to shrink that screen. So we could still see she was working on it, but we didn't have to watch Melissa trying to type